I quickly realized that there were no podcasts that specifically focus on black women. And with my experience in IT being one of almost, I'm pretty much almost always the only black woman in a room. I was like, I don't see the point of doing something that is being done already. Like people are already interviewing women, people are already interviewing different people from different spaces, male, female. I wanted to really hone in on the black female experience because I feel like it was quite neglected. Welcome to the podcast sessions where we chat to podcast hosts, podcast producers, and those within the podcast industry. Coming up on today's show, host of She Brigade, Pelontle Mosimeje. Podcasting is fairly new in the African space, you know, in comparison to, to other markets and, and other industries. And it's always quite interesting to know what one's first engagement or introduction was into the podcasting space. So for you, what was that moment? Was it like, the fir- what was the first podcast you listened to? What was your first uh, engagement with the industry? So actually, when I started She Brigade, I didn't listen to podcasts at all. I started this platform and I was just chatting to one of my friends about the platform and what I want to do with it, the intention of it all. And then she was literally just like, why don't you make it a podcast? And I'm like, but I don't really listen to podcasts. I don't really know. So that's when I actually went off and started researching podcasts. So I wasn't listening to them at all. And then I went off and started listening to like a lot of podcasts, different kinds of podcasts, just to figure out what I like, what, what I'm going for. And that's how I got introduced into the podcasting space. It was never like I wanted to start a podcast. So I started a podcast called The She Brigade. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, in terms of of actually, you know, creating your podcast, I know, you know, if you can give us some background into, you know, why you chose the specific content, you have addressed, you know, growing up in environments where there weren't, you know, women leaders that were like, you know, necessarily celebrated or put on, on platforms that you were engaging with, as well as your industry, you know, being in a, mm-hmm. an IT male dominated, white dominated uh, industry. Was that some of the catalyst to say, I'm going to create a platform that celebrates women, that celebrates women in corporate and business and in different spheres and just providing that platform? Yeah. So when it comes to like She Brigade, that's really, that is a big part of it, right? So before I started She Brigade, first on my podcast, I was blogging and I was blogging about uh, women in corporate. Well, I was talking about my experience in corporate rather. And I was, it was, a, it was more of a fashion blog. And over time, I just got over the fashion aspect of it. I still have fashion, but I got over the fashion aspect of it and I started writing a bit more in depth about my experience in corporate. And the more I started writing about it, I was like, no, man, I need to do a bit more. And I've always been into stories. I love listening to people's stories. I prefer interviews where we hear about someone's background. I love books that are like just people's life stories. Those are the kind of books I love reading. So I've always been into that. I just realized that, okay, look, I mean, I work in IT. I have access to create a platform. I can build a website. I have resources, you know what I mean? So with that in mind, I just decided to create a platform where people could come on and share their stories. So she began actually started as just a website where people would submit articles about whichever part of their journey they were in. So I still have a few of them on, on the site now and women would submit their articles and I would share them because I knew that I could create a platform. And I've always felt like I've been so blessed in my life that there must be a reason why I can do these things. And I just wanted to give people who wouldn't normally have have these access to what I can do for them. So that's how really the platform came about. And then it obviously went through a lot of refinement, figuring out, okay, what's the best way to share women's stories? That's the kind of thing, like I said, I've always been into storytelling. When my friend said, 
start a podcast and I started listening to podcasts. I immediately knew that I, I very much prefer interview style. I prefer hearing about women's journeys. And I quickly realized that there were no podcasts that specifically focus on black women. Mm. And with my experience in IT being one of almost, I'm pretty much almost always the only black woman in a room. I was like, I don't see the point of doing something that is being done already. Like people are already interviewing women. People are already interviewing different people from different spaces, male, female, whatever. I wanted to really hone in on the black female experience because I feel like it was quite neglected. And that's, that's, I guess that's the catalyst of what started the podcast. Mm, yeah, yeah. It is, it has been quite a, quite a growing kind of environment, but I, I, I love what you said about, you know, you know, trying to find a podcast that wasn't there that you wanted to create. I do believe like there's a motivational uh, quote or it is a famous quote. I don't remember who said it, but it, <laughs> it pretty much goes along the lines of if you want to create something and you don't see it out there, or if you're looking for something and you don't see it out there, rather create it. Create and, I, it and I yes. really, really love that because I think a lot of the time we all come from like different backgrounds and we've had different journeys and we've had different experiences and we're looking for our tribe. We're looking for the niche pockets and very specific. We're not just looking for, for you know, necessarily call it black females. We're looking mm. for black females in business who are in this country or in this space. And, and when, you, when you're able to narrow that down and get to that kind of niche focus, there's almost something magical that happens when you're creating those, you know, almost specific spaces as well for mm. people to kind of come in and inhabit and to be seen as well. Talk to me about like creating a niche podcast. Talk to me about the thought behind it and, and how you've managed to execute it so successfully. So that, that's the thing about anything that's niche, right? It propels itself. <laughs> Yeah. Because like you just mentioned now, people are always looking for a community. People are always looking for people that are like them. When I when it comes to She Brigade, I a lot of the decisions I make are based on my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously I have a group of friends that are black females as well. And I tap into them as well and figure out what do they need? What are they looking for? Yeah. So it's about when, when you are creating something niche, it's, I, I think it's always better if you can relate to it and don't deny the parts of it that don't seem fun. You know what I mean? If, if you know there's something that bothers you, create it. Um, if there's a specific topic that you're thinking of right now, like, like, for example, when it comes to the articles, I love reading blogs. I love reading blogs and I love reading articles. Yeah. So do the articles too. Um, the other day I posted a post on Instagram on the She Brigade account that says book that leaves us. <laughs> and I was literally at work booking leave because I was exhausted that morning. And I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need leave. And then I decided to, to post about it. And that post did really well. Like it got so many shares and so many people DM me saying, oh my gosh, like I, I always save my leave for an event or a special if when, when I have plans, I never just book leave to just rest. Thank you so much for sharing that. So that's what I think it's about when you're creating a niche, anything really. It's about based on real experiences, um, tap into every part of that experience. If you can relate to it, it's so much better because it's not that far from home. Mm -hmm. And and eventually over time, um, your community ends up feeding itself. My, a lot of the posts that I do, a lot of the guests that I have on are recommended by the community themselves. 
So that's what I'm saying. When it comes to a niche community or a niche product or service or offering, it really just creates itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about it. Mm. I love what you said about like, you know, uh, involving the community, asking the community questions, because I guess, again, we we do have these uh, unique experiences to ourselves, but there are a lot of shared experiences that you can kind of glean on. How have you involved your community and how often do you actually listen to your community when they're like, let's do this or have you tried this? So I actually have like a spreadsheet every single time I do a IG Q&A, so like on, on the stories. I'd note down every single answer, even if it's about the community. How are you feeling today? And even if the response is just eh, meh, or an emoji, I note it down. And I note the time and I note what's happening in the country at that time. Uh, every single question that I ask, I note it down. Every when I, when I get comments, if maybe I ask a question on a post, I note all of those things down. Because I think those things we take for granted. And there was a time when I created a whole survey and a form. I was like, I want to get to know you guys. People didn't really respond to that <laughs> because I'm, I'm assuming because I don't know, maybe they just didn't have the time. They weren't interested. I just sat back and I was like, it, it, it's not that difficult to really get to know your community. They literally engage so much on Instagram stories. They, they engage so much on the feed. Those are the insights. So that's how I take in um, community feedback. Another way that I've, I did that successfully is when I initially started the newsletter. So we have a newsletter that you can subscribe to. It was pretty much 70% written by the community. And that's another thing that comes that, that leads back to what I said about the fact that I know that I have resources. I know that I can create a newsletter. It's not difficult, <laughs> but it, you'd be surprised at how many people don't know how to do certain things or just can't or don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Since I have the time, since I have the resource, since I can do it and I don't mind doing it, let, let me hear what your voice has to say. Put it on this platform that I've created and share it. So those are just some of the ways that I've really tapped into our community and had the community really feed itself. Right now, I have someone that I'm working with, which is so exciting and so relieving. <laughs> and she found me as like it, it was part of she, she was part of the community. Mm-hmm. And she's not the first person that has come to join me. The other person left, but people, they just love the community so much and they come like, I want to be a part of it. And I'm like, okay, you know, we don't make money, right? And you know, they're like, it's fine. I just want to be a part of the community. So I tap into all of those opportunities as far as, as far as I can. And I think it just shows in how much the community responds to that. It's really, really good to hear and quite exciting, but it's, it, it is that an involvement of people saying, as you've said, like, I just, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. I think a lot of the time, especially in conversations I've had with people in corporate and even people who want to start a podcast, some of it is like, how do I monetize this? And yes, monetization is super important. And we all want we to all want it. all want to make the, we all want to say I'm a full-time podcaster and this is what I do. That's yes. how I make my income. Like that's where we, that's the goals. But right now it's kind of almost like passion and pursuit figuring out what makes sense for you, figuring out what it makes sense for your community. And then you have the, as you, as you've mentioned, people coming in to say, I just want to support. I just want to do whatever I can do in my power to help you and to support mm-hmm. and to make sure this grows because in a few years time, you know, you're just like, I'm a full-time podcaster. That's what I do. Who I am. <laughs> 100%. Um, <laughs> so you, you touched on a little bit about, you know, the pandemic and how things have shifted and changed within the pandemic space. How have they changed for you as a creator? Because on the one hand, there is the natural space where we would be creating podcasts, doing things. We're in a different mindset. We're getting out. We're, we're being fed differently. And now we're in this pandemic space where you're trying to create 
consistently and you're trying to put out incredible work and you're trying to be engaging and you're all of these things. Um, but the reality is it has affected us very differently and people in different ways and different spaces. So how has the pandemic perhaps changed you, your processes, your, your systems, maybe shift the way that you approach things? Did you experience burnout in, in the space? Did it, did it change how frequently <laughs> you, you put stuff out? How, how have you been affected? I've been affected uh, like dramatically. So I'll be honest, my podcast listenership was doing incredibly amazing. And then when the pandemic hit, it gradually over time, really the listenership went down quite a lot. It was heartbreaking for me. It was actually heartbreaking. I remember I was complaining to my then boyfriend, now fiance. Hey. Now fiance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was telling him and he's like, but you don't even listen to podcasts anymore. And I was like, oh yeah, geez. So that's how I kind of got my got myself out of my own head. Um that okay, it's probably because I know I own I almost exclusively listen to podcasts on my drive to work. People are not driving to work anymore. People's routines have changed, you know. So I really had to wrap my head around that and it hurt quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I think because my podcast is so mission driven, I couldn't stop. I have not stopped producing podcasts. I never, I didn't change the schedule. I didn't change the frequency. I didn't change anything. But then over time, I also started to realize I, something's got to change, you know. And I'm on like a break at the moment and I'm going to start the new season in about a month or two. And with this new season, I'm changing quite a few things. The first being video, because I think I never wanted to do video in the past because I just felt like the podcast can get super vulnerable. There's been many tears on the podcast. It's one of those podcasts that I, I want my guests to feel as safe as possible. Right. And I still do that has never changed. Um, however, if the point is to reach the people that we want to reach, um, all the young black girls out there, all the young girls or, and guys out there, um, we I need to get with the times. <laughs> so I've added video into my podcast now. And like you mentioned, in South Africa and Africa, it's still up and coming. Video is where it's at, unfortunately. And as much as I didn't want to, I resisted so much. And I wasn't, the, the, even the audience was telling me, video, please. Now I'm listening. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that's going to change with the next season. Other than that, burnout, yeah, definitely. Multiple times, actually. I've been burnt out multiple times during the pandemic. And I take a break, but yo, it just keeps coming back. And I think it's like the, it's the isolation. Uh, you know, I work in tech and our office spaces are like just open and we're always, it's loud. People are playing games over here like it's one of i've always worked in that kind of work environment and i've always said that my work my nine to five feeds directly into my podcast my podcast feeds directly into my nine to five so that that experience that rush that i usually would get at work and then i come home and relax and then i'd be in the mood to get into she brigade i don't get that anymore because now i'm alone the whole day working and then i must somehow just switch my mind to she brigade it's it's been very difficult. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's been very difficult. There's moments where I just get burst of energy. Like right now, this very specific period, ah, it's, it's a good time. But literally a few <laughs> weeks ago, I was just going through the most. Never mind the fact that it's winter. I hate winter. I, I feel like I'm less productive in winter. But oh, the pandemic has been horrific. And I think what's important about the pandemic is just when you feel it, stop. There's been times where I would pressure myself to, okay, you produce a podcast where you, where you release episodes every Monday. I feel so guilty because they come for me. If I, when I don't release a podcast, they said, mm -mm, you said you're releasing a podcast every Monday. Where's the podcast? 
but I just gave myself a little bit more space to just sometimes I just don't I used to apologize so much when I couldn't get a podcast out on a Monday and now I don't and I just don't release and then <laughs> I'm like we'll see what happens I have to take care of myself you know and I can't be so apologetic when we're going through this crazy thing that nobody expected and we don't even know where it's going so 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 relatable and and if I'm honest it's always refreshing to hear people actually just say like if you can't just like stop because sometimes you actually just regain a little bit of more strength, more energy, refreshed ideas instead of like pushing through. And that, you know, when you're just like, you know, take a break, like don't be so hard on yourself. Yes, it's your community and people are following you and people are going to be there. But you also have to realize like what season we're in. This is very different to we haven't been here before. We haven't done this before, you know. Yeah. And so that is incredibly refreshing to hear. So thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> oh, so, so important. Yeah. And I know like personally for me, we've just had, we've just had so much. It's stop, start. And, and like I was saying to you earlier, it's like, we're trying to balance work, family, life, the pandemic, mm-hmm. living in these four walls, trying to be creative, not being able to go to work, not being able to interact and engage. And again, these are the things we naturally would have been fed and almost like our supply to our creativity, especially if you're a creative person or a person who um, gets energy from being around people, our supply has been cut. So now you have mm-hmm. to like where am I going to get my inspiration from? What am I going to do? How am I, how am I going to reapproach things? Um, and I think that's, that, that's also a key thing, the reapproach. So now that you've stopped, started, stopped, started, now that you've had the break, I know this is for us because that's where we've been. I'll be very honest, guys, we've, it's been a mess. Okay. It's been rough. It's been a mess. <laughs> But as we reset and as we restart and as we reapproach, we're asking ourselves, okay, so how are we going to be able to do this consistently? Also adding in our breaks, also adding in off time, also knowing that we can have the conversation as a team or that I can have the conversation with myself to say, look, today is not a great day. So what am I going to do? These are the steps when I know it's not a great day, but tomorrow will be better. Um, And it's not beating yourself up about it. That's Mm. the key. So you've started your podcast off and you, you, you've mentioned, um, you know, in a couple of things that have been written about you and even in your own bio that you started this off, you know, for you. It was a personal project. It was this personal thing for you and then the people around you, because obviously it's the conversations that you've been having. Talk to me about like how, I guess, the it had developed or has developed and grown and how you're now thinking about it. Is it still, does it still feel like a personal project or does it feel like something that's bigger than, uh, bigger than you? Uh, that's such a good question because that's something I struggle with. I still hold it very, very dearly and tightly to me. It's my baby. And I know that that's not necessarily the best for it now. That's something that I've very recently had to come to terms with. It's what it, like even just going video, it's not what I want to do. <laughs> but I had to literally sit down and be like, am I being selfish? This podcast is clearly bigger than me now. It's not just about me. Yes, it can, it can still be my baby and all that, but it's really not just about me, whether I like it or not. And am I doing what's best for the community? Because it thrives and lives and its success is because of the community. So I can't just make selfish decisions about me and what I want now, right? So yeah, it definitely feels bigger than me now. I still hold it very dearly and tightly to my heart. I do struggle to separate myself from the podcast. I really struggle to do that. 
but it's something I'm learning, I suppose. But I, but I think I think uh, as much as you're you're separating yourself from the podcast, as you said, there your experiences also are a catalyst for a lot of the things. So as you spoke about earlier, you know, if you're posting or engaging or asking questions that you want to ask yourself, someone else is thinking about it, and not and not getting too bogged down in the because <clears throat> I find this a, a lot of the time, even with the podcast sessions, is there are sometimes where I'm thinking. Is anyone else asking like is anyone else asking this question like is it just me is it like a stupid question to ask but yeah the reason it was created was to learn you know and to share knowledge and so mm. if you're not asking the basic questions you'll never be able to like understand or engage or interact with the more complex ones but but i hear you it also just comes to a point where you're just like it's not really about me anymore you know mm. which is also very powerful but uh i think it's important to take you all those personal experiences, all those personal questions that you have, take them, put them down, but then really interrogate them and assess them to see if they really will benefit the community or is it just selfish? Because I'm lucky now that I have someone that works with me and I now put everything through her, <laughs> even though she's not a podcaster, she's not, but she is the audience. Like I said, she's from the community. So I just put everything there and she gives me some interesting insights. She's like, mm, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I think those personal experiences are so important. Like it's, they are the reason why you started the podcast, but you have to, at some point in time, just put on your critical eye and just be like, okay, let's really assess. Mm -hmm. It's not about you, Bello. Let's really assess now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so cool. So, so, so important as well. Thanks for that. I want to ask, obviously, one of the big questions and one of the questions I always ask every guest is about equipment because that is the starting block for a lot of people. They're like, I have this concept. I know what I want to do. I know my audience. I put my marketing strategy plan, everything together. But I'm not going to start because I don't have the right equipment. And, and my response is it's always the same. It says everyone uses very different equipment, but they're still producing. They're still producing. So it's not yeah. uh, as much as equipment, mics, and all of that stuff is important. It, it's not going to make or break your podcast always, I'd say. Uh, but let us know. What do, you, what do you use? What do you record? What is your setup? How do you, so from recording to even editing? Okay, so... I use this Samsung Q2U mic. The reason why I love this mic and the reason why I bought this mic is because if you look at the bottom, it has plug and play functionality. This is literally a USB cable. And it also has this part of it. I don't know what it's called. XLR. but like, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, so where, where I can plug it into a mixer and get more professional sound. It has another little hole here where I can uh, plug in my headphones, which mm. I could have done now, but eh. Um, yeah, you can plug in your headphones. So I, it's mobile. So if I want to just get on the road, um, I just plug in my USB cable into my laptop and it's plug and play. But if I want to get something a bit more professional or like, especially for my interviews that are face to face, I, I definitely prefer to uh, use my mixer because I want each audio like, recorded separately, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a Samsung Q2 mic. The other thing that I love about it is that I, when I was looking for equipment, I was not interested in looking for all the separate pieces because a lot of mics, a lot of the time when you buy equipment, things are separate. Now you must go look for the cable. Now you must go look for this. Yo, I'm not that kind of person. I want everything to come to me like this. Mm. So this is part of a podcast pack. It comes with a mini tripod, a table tripod, comes with all the cables that you need, the USB cable, the XLR, comes with everything. I have two of those. So that's my mic. Uh, my headphones, I have them here, actually. What are they? These Samson 
SR850s. They're not great, if I'm being completely honest, but they get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> sure anyway, that's listening and hearing, like anybody who's techie and listening and hearing about my microphones, they're not great. I know, I know. <laughs> and then for my mixer, I have the, I have the focus right Scarlett 2i2. Mm. It takes two two audio inputs, and I feel like it's brilliant as well. This came with um, editing software, mm-hmm. two that you could choose from. I use the Ableton Live that it came with. So you, I record when when I plug into into my mixer, I record via Ableton Live. Mm-hmm. That's what I use. I edit. Sometimes I use Audacity when I'm editing, just because I need to make them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Audacity is just easy and <laughs> and simple to use. But I also use Premiere Pro mm-hmm. because I do a lot of videos. Um, whether it's just like the audio things, the, what is it, audiograms, Premiere Pro. I use Wave with two Vs for the audiograms as well. And Anchor, I distribute on Anchor. And tell me, did you did you have any advice going into, uh, or did you ask people for advice when you got your mic or did uh, when you got your equipment? Or were you just like, no one is born podcasting? Or did you just Google, you know, uh, podcast <laughs> equipment to, to use? So when I first started, I reached out to Mesh and he had the whole guide on his website. I didn't buy anything that was on his site. Like, I, had, I don't know anyone that has the equipment, that, the specific equipment that I have, but his guide helped me figure out what kind of mic I want, what kind of mixer I want, what kind of, you know what I mean? The differences between the things, because I didn't even know. And had I gone and bought, I honestly would have just bought anything. But yeah, so I reached out to him, read up on, on the different types of mics, and then obviously did further research from what I saw from what he said. And then I just went on Amazon and was like, let's see what you got. I bought everything from Amazon. Equipment is, is so fascinating and so interesting. So I'm not going to lie. So I love the idea that the that there are two inputs. So for the XLR cable and for the USB cable, because some microphones are either or, which is just like you have to kind of work around it. So I, I'm not going to dive too much into my podcasting journey, but I will say this much. My podcasting journey is probably the most complex journey in the entire world that anyone has ever been on. Because I myself just complicate everything for myself. So you're talking about the simplicity. I've gone from the most, I can tell you what not to do because I've done it. And I can yeah. tell you yeah. what to make things easier. And I don't know why, but I guess this is what, you know, the podcast sessions journey kind of helps because, you know, you're sitting there going. Sometimes, sometimes I've had conversations with people who are literally just starting a podcast. And I'm like, I've been in this since 2018, guys. <laughs> And you just wake up today and you're like, actually, ABC. I'm like, I'll tell you which platforms <laughs> will mess you up, which ones will make you cry, yeah. <laughs> not to, how not to approach editing, how to approach editing, which is quicker. Uh, anyway, yeah, not the point. <laughs> but, I do, but I do love those, those insights. They're, they're quite interesting. Yeah. And then also like people who are quite techy with the brands. So I know people who only sway by one brand, even if it's the worst piece of equipment for that brand, they'll still tell you it's better than anything else. And you're sitting there going, um, eh. okay, <laughs> but that's okay. It works. If it works, it works. Yeah. I am not brand loyal. I want, I want what's simple. I need my life to be easy. <laughs> That's why even like the, the software I use came with the, came with the mixer. Yes, please yeah. give me more of that. <laughs> give us more. I'm just very experimental. So I've, I've yeah. played around with a number of brands. I've played around with a number of like editing. It's, it's tearful. It's crying because sometimes you're just like, I just want one, but <laughs> Why not? So I think that's 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 why I say like I, I cry over these things sometimes. But 
Such is life. So, Pelol, um, second last question I do want to ask is mm-hmm. for a lot of people who are, I mean, you've been in the space, you've been in the game for quite a long time. What advice do you have for podcasters that you would want to share for with people, maybe particularly with people who are just getting into the space, who are looking at a niche podcast, but they're, you know, they're umming and ahhing about certain things. Is there any advice that you wish that you had been told before you started podcasting that would have helped your journey? Um, yeah, I would say everyone says just start, ne? And I don't disagree with that per se, but please iterate. Like people just don't iterate. People just start and they just go on with what they've started with. Like, and also like research, write down all the podcasts you like, write down what you like about them, write down what you don't like about them. Like find out what your audience likes. Before the podcast started or during my first couple of episodes, I asked the audience, um, how long would you like the episodes to be? Are they too long? Are they too short? Just ask them. Talk to your audience where once you have one. Other than that, start, but please iterate. Get like improve your work. Um, like whenever, whenever we deliver software, we do what's called an MVP, the minimum viable product. Do it. That's great. But that minimum viable product is not necessarily going to get all the profits in. You need to elevate your, your user's experience over time, right? And that involves putting out your MVP, seeing how people respond to it adding on, taking in the insights. So when it comes to just start, please do that, but also research and be very intentional about what you do. Be intentional about how long your podcast is. Be intentional about um, who your audience is, what you're going to be talking about. I've had two or three people come to me. They're like, please help me with my podcast. I want you to mention me. I was like, sure, let's do it. And then I made up like a whole spreadsheet. I made up a whole spreadsheet with like about 20 questions that I wanted them to answer to get to know what if they really thought through their podcast. But I'm like, who's your audience? And and be specific. What? How old are they? What do they do? They drink coffee? Do they not? Where Where do they live? Um, how do they travel to work? Are they on the how train? Are they this? I asked like those kinds of questions, and everyone, all all these people that I've mentioned that have come to me have always been like, "Ish, maybe I'm not ready." But I mean, start, but also just be more intentional over time. Is like think about these things. Get into the detail of your audience. Really, really, really get to know them. Do they drink coffee? What up? <laughs> Do they drink coffee? Do they not? <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's, it's quite interesting because there is a lot of podcasts. There's podcast research and obviously there's a lot that still needs to be done in the African space as a whole. But if you look at some of the, the Edison research, uh, Infinite Dial, their research uh, that goes out, is that tangible? It is the question around the, like, what cars, these are the kinds of people who listen to podcasts. This is the kind of cars they drive. But it, it's that nitty gritty when it comes to the yeah. info. So it's quite interesting. I'm fortunate enough because the space that I work in, because we build apps and produce software, you have to get into that detail. So it's something I've always, personas is something I've done since university, building the persona. And you can have multiple personas, but you must have a persona. And I, you can't take software to market if you don't know exactly who's listen, who's going to use that thing. And so my software experience, I directly use it in my podcasting world. Um, and then finally, can you let our listeners know where they can reach you, email addresses, social media handles, if they want to connect with you, how can they do so? Yes, I'm always keen to help, but I do like specific questions. If you like, I'll be honest, <laughs> like questions like, oh, please help. Okay, sure. What do you need help with? And you're like, nice one to start a podcast. I need, I love specific questions. <laughs> I'm always keen to help. You can reach me personally on at underscore M on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have a personal Twitter account. 
And then you can follow the podcast. Please do that over me. I don't really care about my personal page. You can follow the podcast on at She Brigade on all socials. Facebook, I'm not so active on. We'll change that over time. But it's at She Brigade, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Our website is www.shebrigade.com. The podcast is available everywhere you get your podcast. Well, most places, not SoundCloud. Uh, I've gotten that question a few times. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, so that's where you can find us. And that's a wrap on today's show. While you're here, definitely check out the latest issue of the Podcast Sessions Digital Magazine, Africa's first and only podcast magazine at www.thepodsessions.com. The Podcast Sessions is a production of Teensway Media.